10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Live from London, this is The Sunday Late Show with Shaniqua Edwards-Hay and you are listening live. Happy Sunday and welcome to The Late Late Show with me, Shaniqua Edwards-Hay. I'm joined by John O'Joseph and Albert Adiemi as we discuss representation teaching. Why don't more teachers look like me? Why don't more head teachers look like me? What is representation to you? Those are some of the things we'll discuss tonight. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or join in the conversation by downloading the Podbean app and following Teachers Talk Radio. Hashtag TT Radio. Good evening, everyone, and happy Sunday to you. Don't know if it's the same for everyone else, but it's nearly half term for me, so I'm very excited. Um, a bit tired today. So for those of you who've seen on Twitter, uh, I've been trying to be on my fitness regime uh, and my fitness regime included this morning. I couldn't really sleep. So I decided that, what was it? 3.45 a.m. I was like, I'm going to go to the gym. I mean, the gym was amazing. There was nobody there. That was great. Um, but yeah, I'm still feeling pretty tired. Still feeling pretty tired. Decided to do a bit of cooking. So that's what I've been up to today. Um, for those who don't know me, I am Shaniqua Edwards-Hayes. I am a primary school teacher. I currently work in a primary pupil referral unit in London. I am a governor. Um, I am a Department for Education ambassador. Uh, I'm a science lead. So <laughs> all these exciting hats I get to wear. Um, but I'm also tonight your TT, oh, TT radio host. Um, so I am joined by some great guests today. Um, we're going to discuss representation in teaching. And let me just get my guests to introduce themselves. So actually, can I start off with Jono? That's okay. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. No problem. Evening. Good evening. Um, <laughs> so what should I, what would you like to know? How should I introduce myself? Hey, firstly, how are you doing? First, how are you? Are you in good spirits? Are you tired? I, I, yeah, I am tired. I am tired. Um, however, um, I see the half term approaching, um, yeah. but I've always try to stay away from this whole mindset of living for the half term mm -hmm. um so i'm just trying to take every day as it comes um yes i love that positive vibes out here i love that <laughs> well can you just tell us a bit about what you do what's your what what role do you do in education yep. um yeah yeah so um so um as you said um, in the beginning. Um, my name is Janoy Josephs. Um, I am a secondary school humanity teacher specialising in citizenship and religious studies. And I'm also head of year eight um, at a school in Croydon. Um, I've been teaching for four years now. Okay. And um, yeah. <laughs> love it. I love it. Yes to a Londoner. Woo! Um, and you've got quite a few different hats there you wear, so interesting as well. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, 
at the end, sorry, I'm pausing a lot because I have to just really, really understand or try to communicate something clearly in the mm -hmm. sense that my main role is a teacher. I just have an additional hat as a head of year. Yeah. And um, I say that because those are some of the conversations I've been having with a lot of the students in my own year group, um, oh. especially when they tend to pipe up with their behavioral issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. remember I still have my year 11s to teach and um, I'm here for you, but I'm also <laughs> here for them as well. <laughs> I love it. I love Okay. I was like, you really had that answer planned, but that makes sense why. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, thank you. And and we've got Albert. Hi, Albert. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, Shanif. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, you said you're tired. You you sound like you've got loads of energy. It's, it's, it's oh. almost contagious. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, Albert, would you believe, like, maybe, like, 20 minutes ago I was asleep? Um, so, <laughs> but yes. obviously, I'm here now. I'm here now. Um, but, yeah, yeah, that's I've, what I've heard research shows 20 minutes is a great power nap. <laughs> <laughs> thank you i've got the energy for this and then actually guys i was cooking up some well i marinated my curry goat and i've kind of left it till this evening to try Come and cook on. up so yeah but guys is it gonna is it gonna work out i'll be cooking till like midnight so Please. yeah let me you guys will give me enjoyment right now so it's fine it's fine <laughs> sorry albert can you introduce yourself yeah so i'm albert adeyemi um i'm a p and math teacher in a secondary school i'm originally from london but currently working up in bedford um and yeah i'm also ahead of year eight just like janoy um and yeah i mean similar to what janoy said sometimes you know the, finding the balance between the pastoral um obviously role and and being a teacher can be difficult sometimes the lines are blurred but as janoy said you know we're we're, we're teachers first um and mm -hmm. then that's, that's additional responsibility um that that we take on gladly i guess no and i love i love hearing that i love that you guys are like i'm, te I'm a teacher first but I'm also glad to hear that you've got other roles in school um, because actually this is why I wanted to have this conversation today because, you know, looking at statistics, starting to think about statistics, statistics show that teaching as a profession is overwhelmingly white and female. Um, if we look at 46% of schools have no minority ethnic teachers included in ethnically diverse areas. And actually, if we bring it, and we'll go into it a bit further, if we're looking at other roles, middle leadership, starting to go into SLT, there's not a lot of black uh, people, black teachers. So that's, that kind of made me think, wow, this is a conversation that I feel needs to be had. And today I wanted to think about teachers just like me. So I think, you know, we might delve into fame, but actually I really want to focus, especially on black. And I say black because those, you know, you can't see me. <laughs> I'm Shanika Edwards Hayne and I am, I guess, black British. Um, I was born and raised here in London, the UK, um, but, you know, on my mum's side, we're Jamaican, dad's side, St. Lucian. So, Caribbean um but actually 
I look around, I was born here and I look around, I teach in the same area that I was, you know, grew up in. And there's a lot of children who look like me, but there's not a lot of teachers who look like me. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's similar for you guys that you've noticed that. It might be a bit different. So I'm interested for any of anybody to get involved. I, I think, man, I think that's part of the problem. I think that, that, you know, depending on where, what school you go to and where you go to, it, it differs. It varies so much. So for myself, when I, when I was growing up, uh, in, in my secondary school, we, I had so many different black um, leaders, senior leadership, black female head teacher. And I, I didn't realise um, the, the weight of the problem until I left um, my school uh, after finishing sixth form and, and beginning my journey as training as a teacher. And then, then when I went to various other schools, different areas, then I realised, whoa, okay, this, this, you know, my experience growing up is, isn't the same for all. Um, and I just, you know, we'll obviously go into it a little bit um, in more detail a later on. But yeah, that, that was um, interesting for me to, uh, like early on in my kid career, I just realised um, some of the challenges black students face, but then also black staff um, in, in, in schools as well. See, that was really interesting to hear. Can I hear what you've got to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think it's yeah. quite it's similar to what Albert was explaining. Um, it's very evident in our London schools how diverse yeah. it can be. And I think I'm quite fortunate to work in a secondary school um, that is extremely diverse um, amongst the student demographics. Um, However, that diversity ultimately is less shown as we kind of make our way up um, onto staffing. Um, but what's interesting is that there are certain staffs, I say staffing positions, that mm -hmm. are quite diverse. And, you know, when we talk about the support staff, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but when we go into SLT, that, that, that difference um ultimately can be quite shocking in certain schools um what will surprise me is that it is so evident to have a schooling system or a staffing system sorry that represents the yeah. students or the not necessarily the students but the community mm -hmm. in which the student is coming from um but we're yet to kind of see that um if we reflect back on the stat that you gave us i think you said 47 percent um our schools now yeah. are yet to actually have any form of teacher teaching staff part of their of any diverse background and mm -hmm. that's that's quite interesting especially when we consider cosmopolitan cities like london should be that that should yeah. be the norm ultimately yeah that's it uh, you know i i thought it would be the norm actually but it's really it's really not um so actually it's it's really interesting you guys kind of talking about when we're growing up especially in london when you grow up and the majority of the children around you are black but then actually you know later on in life are seeing oh is it as diverse as adults and in certain places like i kind of have to think already as a teacher where do i want to teach um and obviously i'd love to teach everyone but sometimes i'm like well Children who look like me, where are they? Do they have representation? And we're going to delve into that a bit more. 
Um, but I just want everyone to take a moment, like anyone listening, and I want them to ask themselves these questions. It's got three questions, and it's growing up, were you ever the minority in your class? Growing up, did you have teachers that looked like you? And how did the above make you feel about your education and what you can achieve? Because obviously I've heard deferring views already, but me growing up, <laughs> there was, I was, I'm just trying to think, uh, primary was a bit different, but I wasn't, I would say I wasn't the minority in the class in secondary, primary, not really either. Um, but I had my first black teacher when I was in Yevon in English, first black teacher. That's, that's quite late in life, to be fair, in London, to have my first ever black teacher. Like, before that, there was no one that looked like me. And obviously, I've learned great things from all teachers. But just, I remember that day when I had that teacher, and I was like, oh my God, this teacher looks like me and we can discuss things. And she understood um, cultural discussions we had. And I just felt seen. Um, and I didn't realise that day how much of impact, until that day, how much of impact that would have on me. Where even little things like, you know, World Book Day. Growing up, <laughs> I used to hate World Book Day. And that's because I could never have, I could never think of a character that looked like me that everyone knew of. And I remember thinking, okay, I love Harry Potter, but, I, you know, I'm not like the same colour as any of those characters. Okay, Matilda, let me go for Lavender, even though, no offence, Lavender was not the most exciting character. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, she looks like me. Um, but then I remember even going with my English, talking to my English teacher who kind of understood in year seven and was, you know, saying, you can be whoever you want to be, though, but also gave me characters, made me realise, oh, there are great black characters as well. Um, so um, I'm just taking you guys back to your school days. I know we kind of mentioned this, but do you remember when you first had your first black teacher? Should I go? <laughs> uh, whoever wants to go first, sorry. I'll go, I'll go first. <laughs> okay. um, so I um, so I was born in Jamaica mm -hmm. and I came to the UK when I was seven. Okay. Um, and so that would if my memory serves me correct, I went straight into year three, I believe. Yeah, I went yeah, straight yeah. into yeah, yeah, went straight into year three. And um already, you know, <laughs> somebody from a different country coming in and you have a different school and then you have a different school in type or system, it's it's a lot to get used to. Um but what I remember, I do remember having a year three teacher. Her name was Miss Mrs. Maguire. Oh. Um I don't know where she was from, but I just knew that she wasn't white. Okay. And at that and that's because at that moment in time, I generally didn't know, okay, I don't know, what, what country are you from, basically? And I think those conversations, I never really had the courage to ask, mm -hmm. um, especially coming from Jamaica, where predominantly everybody is black. Yes. And yeah. the next time I had another 
teacher who you know wasn't white and i'm being very careful in terms of that that is the actual terminology i class them as growing up until mm -hmm. i was able to kind of develop that you know the actual common verbiage of it all was in year six and his name was mr smith and i knew that he was from south africa but again he wasn't the typical individuals who you think were from south africa but i just knew that he wasn't white and yeah. then moving forward, I had a next teacher, a female teacher. Her name was Miss Ansar. And we had in year eight. And then I had a Jamaican math teacher. And I guess each stage of my education, there's been small pockets of minute representation, but I've never seen any, any teacher fully as myself until yeah. I, it was a Spanish teacher. Um, yeah it was a spanish teacher in year nine um but that was interesting for myself personally because i'm coming from a place where i'm surrounded by so many different teachers it's the norm to have black teachers to then come to this country and then small pockets or small um periods um of non-white teaching in a school where it's predominantly white and so they ultimately automatically stood out to me yeah, of course, of course. And that's really interesting because you give me a different aspect to think of actually where you've come from Jamaica and you've come here and actually you've seen a bit of a difference, in a total difference really. Um, interesting, very interesting. Albert? Yeah, I, I, my story is not as interesting as you know. So, in primary school, I, I don't recall having a, a black teacher. However, I remember there was a black male teacher that worked in the school. So ELC in primary school, you have your class teacher and, and, and that's it pretty much. Um, but there was a, a black male teacher, he was Mr. Mr. Onkolo. And, and he, I just remember him being present around, seeing him around. So he was definitely there. But in terms of being taught, when I went to secondary school, I was taught by many, many black teachers, whether it be for maths or, or English or uh, various, various black teachers. Um, and and yeah, like I said, my school was, was uh, it just felt comfortable because it was predominantly black and and we you know it's only looking back that reflecting that we you know and, and being involved in conversations like this that um you realize the pros and cons and, and you know maybe how lucky i was to grow up and go to school go to a secondary school that that had um such great black representation in, in across across um the, the roles in, in, in schools. So yeah, so for me, it was, it was, it was quite a lot of black teachers in, in school. Uh, see, that sounds like, you sound like really fortunate in that sense. Um, actually, I'm a bit like, oh, how great, how great. And you, you started to make me think there, um, you know, black male representation and any black male teachers that I had. And I, I really have to think, I think, at some point in secondary school, I had an ICT teacher who was black. But other than that, I don't think I did. Um, and that's interesting because actually, uh, if we go to statistics again, all ethnic groups except white are underrepresented at all career stages of the teaching profession, um, except for initial teacher training. So we've got people from Asian, black and other ethnic backgrounds that are overrepresented among applicants to postgraduate um, teacher training, um, 
teacher training, teacher training. Uh, so that suggests there's no shortage, shortage of interest in joining the profession among these groups. Um, you know, they get accepted onto it, but then later on you find that the BAME community are not fully represented later on in the other career stages of teaching. And then as well as that, I start to think about, I don't often see enough where I am, black male representation. And the thing is though, there are some amazing black, uh, black males doing great things in education. Um, and I feel like you guys highlight that a bit more because um, I heard there's something you're involved in. Uh, please, I don't know who wants to answer first. Uh, and especially you're a black male. So I feel like in this sense, I want to learn from you. What do you guys think? Yeah, what you, I mean, what you said was spot on in terms of the um, recruitment to, to ITT programmes, you know, black teenagers are overrepresented, but then it's a, a massive decline from, from there on out. Um, black Men Teach is what me and um, Janoy are, are involved in. We co-founded um, this network, Black Men Teach, in the hope to raise the profile of black male educators. Um, we, we looked at our own experiences. We looked at um, the sort of the current state of education, looking at some of the research um, in regards to representation and, and the differences between um, male and female representation at various stages. Uh, you, know, you know, you mentioned your primary and, and you know, black men in primary school, that's, that's almost like gold dust sometimes. And, and yes. um, so, so, that's why we're on this mission, this journey to, you know, raise the profile of, of black male educators, amplify their voices and, and sort of change the narrative with regards to education and, and black men. You know, there seems to be this, um, uh, Janoi says the word boogeyman, like this, 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 um, this idea that black, that education isn't for black men, you know, um, in a book by mm -hmm. Jeffrey Carson. Uh, he, he talks about black men being seen as an anomaly in education, as in like when we're not, it's almost like we're not meant to be there. Um, however, that's that's not true. Uh, like you said, there's many black male educators that are doing great things in, in, their, in their various uh, settings. And, and that's what we've come together as, as a team. We've got a team sort of support that we work with to, to support us in, in this mission. I think that sounds like a great mission. Um, I love it. How many are there? Quite a few of you. Are you all in London? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, uh, so there's myself and Janoy who are the co-founders. I'm based in Bedford. Janoy's in London, and we have a team of about six to seven other educators um, across the UK. So we've got two in um, Manchester. That's Kimoy and Akim. Um, and then we've got two in London, that's uh, Jordan and Omar. And then we also have, uh, who am I missing? We've also got Stephen, who's based in Kent. And yeah, so we've, we've got our team that's across the UK. Um, but then we've got a, a wider network of, of educators. We've got the elders, the, the people that have gone before us and that we're standing on the shoulders of that are supporting us. Um, we've got the likes of, you know, people in Birmingham, just across the UK. So it's, it's a widespread mission um, and, and, you know, we're growing each and every day. Um, and, and yeah. God, you guys are doing great things because, yeah, in a way, sometimes I'm like, oh, like, where are the great black males? Because I know that they're there. And actually, 
you know, I know my kids, any kids I've ever taught, they get so happy as well when <laughs> they see black men because it's like, oh, like me, like me. And I've had kids say that to me before, you know, uh, Miss, you're like, you do this like me. Uh, but then actually when I've got people to come in who are black men, I've seen like my kids just, you know, be full of so much energy. But then I remember, I well, I do some work with the Department for Education and Train to Teach. And, um, you know, I go to events and I discuss teaching with people who are thinking about going into teaching. I remember uh, once I was talking to this black man and he was just saying to me, he was like, you know, I'm interested, um, but he was like, what's it like for a black man? He was like, I don't really hear enough about black male primary school teachers as well. Um, you know, and he already knew that it was underrepresented and he was like, should I join somewhere that is that underrepresented? Like, who do I go to? And I feel like there's so much already to think about um, as a teacher, let alone when you're a black teacher, let alone as a black <laughs> male teacher. Um, so shout out to you guys, because there's quite a lot to it. Yeah. John, I, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm just gonna ask you, John, I, have you, have you found, do you know any primary school? black teachers um so you know as well as us being bmt co-founders i i'm very fortunate to have met pri black primary school teachers through this Love organization it. and i think it is it's been a learning journey for myself so on our core team mm -hmm. um we have omar green um who is a primary school teacher and last you know we last week we had a session on sorry a virtual event known as it all matters so representation all stages of education and yeah. omar delivered this amazing segment on prime uh, being a black man in a primary school setting mm -hmm. and i was generally you know just taking notes of his experience and i realized that it's so interesting that i will never be able to speak on the experience of a black teacher male teacher in the primary school um because i haven't experienced that but there is so many there's so much connection between it but there's also differences as well that needs to be highlighted um yeah. and i think the purpose of black men teach is to actually create that platform where you know that gentleman who you ran into he will be able to be signposted to black men teach and then signposted to a community of teachers that he can resonate with um and that's generally what we're just trying to do um yeah. but i think primary school there is that lack of um representation there in primary school um that we can't actually ignore i would say mm -hmm. um but there's also that in secondary school as well um yeah. and we all need to kind of work together because we want to see more of us in those places and spaces yeah hey i love what you're saying i love what you're saying because yeah in reality we just all need to work together we do need to work together um because actually i feel like it's important for the kids but also it's important for us uh to help each other out and realize that we're not alone um you know and there are all these passionate teachers and pa i say teachers but this is where it gets interesting because 
nowadays, I feel like we're getting a bit better with the teachers, the black representation of teachers. We're getting there. We're starting to get there. But where we're not doing as well is there's a big lack of BAME senior leaders. And I'm talking especially black senior leaders. We're finding this is where there's a lot of trouble at the moment. So we're going to continue with this, but we're going to hear from the news and just find out what's going on in educational news at the moment. And then we'll discuss that. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. This is Teachers Talk Radio. And this is Teachers Talk Radio News. At the National Higher Education Conference, Unison Assistant General Secretary John Richards opened proceedings with a damning critique of the government's approach towards university education, according to Unison's own website. Mr Richards focused on out-of-touch ministers who failed to understand the current funding crisis and pointed out that the funding models across the UK seem to be broken. He cited the issue of limited government funding as causing a de facto cap on student numbers and accused the government of trashing the UK's reputation for higher education in Europe, leading to big drops in the numbers of overseas students. A story covered by Teachers Talk Radio News last week. Mr Richards went on to assert that those in government do not understand the cost of living crisis because they've never had to face it. Strike action by those working in the HE sector has been part of a wave of action taken by unions across a range of public sectors in recent weeks. The last week saw the release of details of government plans to revamp children's social care in England. BBC News reported on the plan for more early support for families and the extra £200 million funding for the next two years. Last year, a review warned that tens of thousands more children could end up in care without additional funding and reform. The plan has faced criticism that many of the changes are being rolled out as localised pilots rather than a national programme. The government plans to put families at the heart of the reform and intends to provide better support for all vulnerable children in order to reduce the need for crisis intervention. There will be pilots in 12 local authorities which will deliver more early support for families struggling with addiction, domestic abuse and poor mental health. There will also be more family type placement for children in care with relatives, friends or foster families. Other changes include plans to recruit more foster carers, a simpler process and more support for relatives or friends who take on children, a rise in the leaving care allowance, and support for councils to recruit and retain more social workers. Economic, Constitutional and Social Policy Forum Politeer has published an article focusing on its views of the proposed changes to the school's history curriculum. The publication History, Whose History? The Battle for the School Curriculum features three historians' views on the proposals. The government's plan for reform came in response to recommendations from the Commission on Race and Ethnic Disparities. 
the plan for a new model history curriculum for pupils to see themselves as integral parts of what makes up the UK today was proposed. The essays included in the publication focusing on the responses of a variety of academics who all appear to conclude that there is no need for the proposed changes because diversity is already built in the current programme. Further details of the publication and forum for debate can be found on the Politea website. Finally, a school principal in a rural part of Northern Ireland has expressed concerns over safety after it emerged that recruitment of lollipop men and women is being frozen. It comes as part of a drive to save money. The current power sharing deadlock in Stormont meant no budget could be agreed and significant cuts needed to be made. The principal of a rural primary school, Donna Winters, told the BBC that until recently there had been consistent crossing patrol staff that have been vital in making sure pupils can cross roads safely, but that they have not had staff since December. The school has had to resort to employing a patrol staff member directly and, when they are absent, teaching and support staff have to fill in. Ms Winters went on to point out that safety was not an area where cuts should be made. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, it's Safer Internet Week, with the official day being on the 7th of February. This year, the UK Safer Internet Centre focuses on Want to Talk About It, making space for conversation online. They've got loads of educational resources on the website saferinternet.org.uk, banded into 3 to 7, 7 to 11, 11 to 14 and 14 to 18 years of age. They are even translated into Welsh and have adapted resources for SEND and ALD. So they have pretty much covered all bases. You need to take a look. But why do we need to get our young people talking about this? Well, let me try and give you an idea in one breath. <gasps> With an estimated 5.16 billion people using the internet at 64.4% of the world's population, it's estimated that around 500,000 predators pose a threat to young people daily, with the main target being 12 to 15 year old children. With a quick search of statistics from the internet, I found supposedly one in 25 children will be manipulated in some way this year, and 80% of predatory behavior will be through social media. This couple with only 15% of parents actually knowing what their children are doing online makes this an issue which definitely needs to be talked about with our young people. <gasps> To get some perspective on this, every 60 seconds, TikTok users watch over 167 million videos. Data never sleeps. We need to know how to stay safe because the sheer volume of data means it cannot effectively be policed. Please send your thoughts amongst the 575,000 other posts every 60 seconds on Twitter at TT Radio Official. I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Lovely. Some great little bit of tech advice there from Steve Woods. So thank you. Um, I am back. I'm back. It's a Sunday late, late show with me, Shanika Edwards-Hayes. And hopefully I've still got Jono with me and Albert with me. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yay. Haven't scared you guys away. Love it. Thank you. <laughs> um, so before the break, we started to talk a bit about diversity and the lack of BAME, but especially black senior leaders. And hopefully people listening are realizing, you know, I'm quite passionate about representation and why representation matters. And I hear the word diversity pop up a lot. And diversity is important in education. Students need to be able to see themselves in their teachers. 
Now, this isn't to say, though, that white teachers can't bring value to black and brown students because they absolutely can. And I've learned so much myself. You know, I've had many white teachers who've made a positive impact on my life. But there's also something about having a teacher that you can see yourself in. Um, BAME teachers give minority ethnic students a chance to see what academic success looks like and also gives them something to aspire to. Uh, for children to see an adult who looks like them, possesses great qualities and an abundance of knowledge, uh, of course, will leave a child feeling inspired. But this is where I'm noticing sometimes it stops, but it can't stop and it shouldn't stop with teachers in the classroom. School leaders also need to represent their students. Head teachers and senior leaders must also be diverse. I mean, for black students specifically, seeing school leaders that reflect them is empowering and it also helps them to aspire to reach those positions. Um, if we think about statistics, according to the latest statistics for the school teacher workforce, 92.7% of head teachers in England were white British. And these figures are, are alarmingly low for black head teachers with just 0.2% of head teachers being from a black African background and 0.7% of black Caribbean heritage. It's quite crazy, um, actually, because we talk about representation, but then it feels like representation is capped at a certain, to a certain point of, okay, you're a teacher, you might even, you know, become a head of something, but never, or not as common to see head teachers. Now, I'm interested, what, what are you guys seeing to do with SLT? I don't know, do you think I'm talking rubbish? I'm interested to hear. Let's see, Albert, I feel like you're ready. No, no, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think, the, I think, there's a well i think i'm seeing quite a few more black educators being promoted into those mm -hmm. senior leadership roles um just from sort of my own networking and uh yeah so i think we are seeing some sort of move in the right direction but i think for me the concerning thing is the amount of teachers that maybe go into those senior leadership roles but then decide education is not for them anymore and and the reasons why they do that so it's all great being promoted into a senior leadership role or being um getting that headship however if the wider organization whether it's the governing bodies or the the, the, the trust or the academies um are not built to support um and built to accept black leaders then yeah. It's, it's going to be um it's not going to, we're not going to make any more progress than that so i think that's that's the area because i mean i've had a couple of conversations with teachers with senior leaders who've decided to leave education around their why and it's and it's about the the, the meeting rooms and um you know their voices not actually being valued or heard in in those spaces so it's Get into that role is 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 great, but then is your wider SLT supportive and um, valuing of that black person that's been promoted into that senior leadership role, or is your staffing body respectful or or equally as respectful to um, a black senior leader as they are of of um, uh, of someone of a different race? Um, so I think that's that's the area where. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm conflicted, and, and that's the area that I'm, I'm more interested in is the, the, the creating spaces where 
black leaders feel comfortable and feel accepted and welcomed and able to do their job to the best of their ability because um, their their staff around them, their other senior leaders, their their trust, their um, governing body support and respect and value their um, ability as a leader. That's actually um, really interesting because you made you made such good points though. Actually, okay, it is a bit of a challenge to get into SLT. People are getting into SLT, but when they're there, are they actually being accepted? Um, and actually, sometimes I find the refugees who are there kind of feel undervalued, sometimes isolated um, and unsupported. And, you know, they're given sometimes such stereotypical responsibilities um, and actually they're not enjoying it. So they step down. So actually you've raised such a good point because what's the point if you're not supported after all of that and you're you're there trying to build that representation, but also trying to just be a good senior leader. And actually, you're not supported. John Oye. Yeah, Albert said it actually really, really well, in the sense that it's, it's one issue or it's one hurdle to kind of get into these positions. But then once you're in these positions, you realise that there's like 10 hurdles to kind of remain in these positions. Um, one of many things could either happen that, you know, a lot of people would, or, or your, the wider SLT would always look to you as a solution um, to, I don't know, certain issues uh, that you may not necessarily even have the expertise on, but because of, you know, for example, the Delivering Black History Month um, yeah. assemblies or something like that um, and that's one of the things that we actually really want to um, kind of talk on is 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 the boxing of um, black teachers in certain positions and certain roles mm-hmm. um, and I think it's quite important that just like any other white counterpart within any um, profession um, black teachers should have the freedom to kind of explore and not be boxed in and um, just have the support to kind of um, remain in those positions um, I, I, and even, you know, excel further. Um, but that's an entire different conversation in, in, in itself. Yeah. No, but that's a great, it's it's great what you're saying because I was thinking the same thing when, you know, when I mentioned stereotypical responsibilities, that being one of the biggest stereotypical responsibility I always hear, um, you know, I've had. Um, actually, there's just there's just so much more to to this where i'm thinking about just when you want to be slt you want to be s you you work hard you work hard and it's like what you said there's just all these even more hurdles coming up against you and that's why though i really want to highlight the amazing work that there are that some senior leaders black senior leaders are doing out there because i know it's not easy at all and um I can imagine you guys get to interact with some amazing, amazing people doing such great work. And just just for me right now, if I think about it myself, I think growing up in school, I cannot name you anyone who is black who was in SLT. And actually the two schools I've worked in, there's not been any black SLT. So that's really quite interesting. Although I am the governor of a school, and the governor, the school that I'm a governor to, they have a black head. And actually, 
um, acting black deputy head at the moment. Um, and I can see how this head teacher does such an excellent job, always trying to connect with the community because she understands, you know, community spirit. And she'll do whatever it takes to connect to the community. And nothing feels forced with her. And I love that. And I can imagine you guys have interacted with some great senior leaders as well who happen to be black. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. We've we've interacted with some amazing senior leaders who supported us personally and, and as you know, our network as well, Black Men Teach, um and, and who continue to do amazing things and especially in paving the way for others, you know, considering the challenges that they've faced and, and you know the 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 things that they've learned on their journey into leadership or headship and and you know just passing that knowledge feeding that knowledge down to um open the doors for others so that the experience doesn't have to be as challenging um as much as there there may be hurdles along the way you you know you've you've got people who've gone been there done that and and um advising you to 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 um, navigate that that leadership properly. Yeah, um, I know some amazing, amazing SLT um, individuals who are doing amazing things, and I think the underlying tone that I hear from quite a lot of them is that unless they're in a supportive environment, they just feel very much frustrated that they're not able to thrive. Um, And it's it's always fascinating to kind of hear this kind of conversation because, you know, I'm a middle leader. There there was this ambition to be an SLT. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's always good to kind of hear or without even being a bit deflated that the realities of what to come when you get into these positions um, because yeah. yes, comes with you know you have more power, you have more responsibility, etc. But there's a whole different level of challenges that you will face. Uh, I feel exactly the same. I feel exactly the same. Where I'm like, wow, I, I'm you know I feel like I'm aspiring. I'm a middle leader, aspiring to you know hopefully assistant head, move up. But I know that each step I move up, there's just going to be even more hurdles and will I get the support that's another thing I have to think about the kind of school I want to work in because is there going to be the support higher up um which is something that obviously as black people black teachers we have to think about um it leads me to think about a few weeks ago I uh, started or I joined in it's uh, my union run it and it's like a group for aspiring black middle leaders and we hopefully want to get into SLT. Um, I mean, the fact that there's loads of groups going on like this and what Jonoy and Albert are doing, amazing. I'm loving that that's there, but I don't think people realise this is some of the things we're going through <laughs> on the side, but also doing things and joining groups to feel supported. And so I've been a part of this group and actually, it's quite amazing because it was open to just anyone who's considered black, who considers themselves black. And actually, there's no black men, it's just black women. But I'm going to say it probably wasn't publicised the greatest. I didn't, it's nothing to do with me. But 
What I have noticed, though, is that there were a lot of, I'd say, older black women there who, you know, I was like, I really want to do this. I wanna, I'm, I'm feeling inspired. Like, I want to be an assistant head. I'm going to get there. And they were, like, really positive for me. But actually, a lot of them spoke about a lot of gatekeeping and microaggressions that have gone on but for them not to have got to the stage that they wanted to be at. Um, I heard a lot of, you know, of the black women talking about how they've been called aggressive when actually they've just been really passionate. And they were like, you know, these kids that I teach are like my kids. They are my kids when I'm in school. And so I'm actually really passionate, but actually I've been, I've heard the word aggressive used and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I heard that commonly used around. Um, I heard a lot about CPD opportunities that were stalled every time these uh, teachers wanted to move on or do something with CPD, you know, it was stalled or the common. And I think everyone gets this one though, but most of the people in the room spoke about opportunities for promotion being stalled and them hearing about experience. They wanted, you know, that they've gone through the interview, they've done everything and they don't get the jobs because of experience, even though they had the experience. And actually it was really quite a supportive group and uplifting, but also it was really sad also hearing some of this because I'm still quite new to the profession myself. I'm just very ambitious. Um, but to hear these people who have been ambitious, but have stuck around for so long, hoping that things will change. Um, you know, I think that's why I really wanted people like John I and Albert on today who represent, you know, some of Black Men Teach. Uh, because you guys are doing such great things and it really does mean a lot to um, people who <laughs> we don't we don't really know we don't really know what's happening we need the support um so I don't, I don't know if you ever I don't know if it's the same if you've heard any of that from any colleagues um or just gatekeeping in general um I'll start off with Albert um for, for myself my uh... My my school is is being massively supportive of me and my sort of career and sort of my development. Um, there's no black members of staff in in SLT. Um, however, um, they, they that hasn't posed an issue for me at at the moment. I get we I get I know on the widest things, the the grand the wider sort of the picture, the bigger picture. Um, it, it's it's not great, and and there's 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 a long way that the, the school needs to go in terms of sort of diversity and and um, ensuring that SLT is representative. But then on the flip side, I'm also understanding that you know it it can't be tokenistic and it can't just be mm -hmm. a thing. Okay, overnight or just just for the sake of doing it, you know, for Definitely. it to be done well and done right. And and with um you know I mentioned before being supportive of black leaders it has to be a a long term plan and and within the school's sort of culture and ethos and um and things like that so in terms of myself I haven't had any sort of um sort of career blocks the closest thing I've had to um sort of where I've sort of questioned uh, my values and 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 whether I belong in the school was uh, when I went for um, my first head of year um, sort of position, and um, I didn't get it. Uh, I, I, I missed out to my colleague um, who was a, a white male, um, but I think I'd, I'm, whether there was any sort of um, play on my on my race, 
I, I, I would never know. But I think that's that's the the issue there. The fact that when black teachers leaders don't get a particular role, there's always going to be that question, that doubt in their mind. Well, why didn't I get it? Was it? Did I do enough? Did I miss? Did, is it because I don't have enough experience? Is it because someone else um, was just that little bit better than me, or was it because of my my race? So I think when I was going through that, it was just the questions in my mind. I'd done a lot of reflecting, and I, I it's you know it, that, those little hurdles that you have to overcome as a black educator and and um, to keep progressing. For me, um, I, I I I sort of just had to take it on the chin, and I just kept doing my sort of my groundwork and and. Um, the things that I was passionate about in terms of in schools, I do a lot of mentoring and just a lot of the work that I do, I just kept going. And then the next opportunity, it, it, I, I, I got it and that's why I'm in my current role. So, um, yeah, it's, it's difficult. And I think, so my point there is, is you know, the doubt that's always going to be in the, in the mind of, of um, some eth uh, ethnic minority when they go into interviews, even if it is not necessarily because of their race, why they didn't get the role. So true, so so true, so true, John. I. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm listening to Albert, and um, okay. I'm just so so exhausted in the sense that the struggles, right? The that second guessing that he spoke about, yeah, is so so tiresome, and I think was. What makes it even more difficult is the fact that that's an everyday thing. Mm -hmm. Thing that we we ask ourselves: um, Are we enough? Or if we're not enough, is it because of the color of my skin? And I think our roles in teaching, so teaching as a whole, is a very very difficult profession. Um, you have the specific roles in teaching that's quite difficult, and then on top of that, to be, you know some will say minority others will say a global majority that also brings us challenges as well yeah i think sometimes it's it takes its toll on you know our mental health and the fact that this is it's too much it's absolutely too much to always be on defense um yeah. when it comes to certain things and from what i've experienced um you know my school i'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate to to work in a school where I would, I can consider my head teacher and the SLT to be allies um, and they understand um, and they see the need, you know, and that comes down to even what, what, what my head teacher explained. He said that he's fully aware of the fact that there isn't um, that full representation um, at the SLT mm -hmm. level, but he's committed to the fact that within the next few years, when it comes to hiring, he's going to be looking at MLT where the majority of MLTs are black women, black men, etc. Wow. Um, and so he's made and he's kind of reassured us of the fact that we're not going to be overlooked um, or overstepped. And I think that's quite good to have those individuals in your side. So on your side. Mm -hmm. um, but that's just that's my story and I think Albert's story is Albert's story and we know yeah. that there are people out there whose um whose everyday experience is so traumatic it's, it's like why why continue yeah um, and, uh, and then we lose them and then we lose yeah. them from the you know education fields yeah and we, we're losing 
I think for myself, what I'm realizing is that not just because of race, but also when you think about the profession itself, we're losing the wrong people, the people who are there for the kids, um, the people who are there who want to make a difference and want to change, um, but their hands are tied. And I think it gets to the point where they had to kind of put themselves first. Um, And so many of them leave the profession because of that, or, or many of them are afraid to step into roles of authority um because they know what's going to come with it so they'll rather just you know take care of thyself ultimately yeah 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 and that that's happening a lot a lot a lot at the moment where you know i'm talking to teacher you know there was a teacher who um did she teach me she taught my brother but i ended up working alongside her um and she was enjoying teaching then one day she just said do you know what? It doesn't excite me anymore. There's so much. It's not what it was. She was just saying this, you know, the amount of like Ofsted and data and everything that she enjoyed. She's losing. She was just like the cultural aspect, you know, she's losing because people who are from different cultures are all leaving. And, you know, obviously this is one specific school, but, uh, you know, you're seeing, we're seeing quite a lot of people leave and, that, that makes me quite sad. Hence why I'm like, let's let's talk, let's highlight. So please, if anyone's listening, and I know that we get a lot of people listening on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, please feel free to tweet me, tweet how you've been feeling. What have you noticed? Uh, my Twitter handle is at SEHMiss, and you can tweet us at TT Radio Official and use you can use the hashtag tt radio um let me get you guys you know plug your twitters whilst we're here as well <laughs> um, yeah so my um my my twitter um let's go first and foremost black men teach so let's <laughs> see so at uh black men tch um and then my personal twitter is mr uh, j joseph that's m-i-s-t-e-r J Josephs and myself. My personal Twitter is Active Youth UK, so that's Active A C T I V E, and then Youth Y O U T H U K, um, and then Black Men Teach again at Black Men T C H. Thanks, guys. Thank you. So feel free to tweet any of us if you are listening live, but if you're listening later, please do tweet follow us uh let us know what you thought about anything that we've said so far um do you know what it's like really there's some real positive aspects but also it's sad just to think about what some people have gone through and actually albert you spoke about token tokenism and actually that's not what we want as well um and it made me think of a few few weeks ago um so on the side, I hope my head teacher's not listening, um, but she does know she's aware, aware that I was thinking about working in working, thinking about working in America. And so I've been part of an agency um, getting ready for potentially a job in America. And they announced a few weeks ago, they said, Oh, the school in Virginia wants to 
um, interview with you. And I was like, oh, Virginia's not on my list. You know, that, that really was not on my list. But hey, they were like, it's a good opportunity. Do the interview. And uh, I did the interview. It was online. Quite overwhelming, actually, because it was all, <laughs> there was like six uh, white ladies. So all of a sudden I was like, oh, there's no multiculturalism already, I can see, but cool. Um, you know, and also here, an interview wouldn't have like six individual screens of other people. That was quite crazy. Um, and I remember asking them, what, what, what are you looking for? Why are you looking for someone abroad? And um, they mentioned that, um, well, the head teacher gave quite a good answer, but I was quite taken aback. And she just mentioned that where they lived in Virginia, where the children went to school, there's no representation, <laughs> that they don't really go too far. You know, they don't really leave their town. So it's just completely white, she said to me. So she was like, you know, if we can't get them to go to places where there's lots of representation and she doesn't want them to be ignorant, then she'll bring the representation there. And I thought, okay, she's being honest. And I thought, that's good. She, you know, she's trying to do something great. But then I thought for my own self, because then I did get offered the job, but then for my own self, I had to think, oh, but that is a bit tokenistic for me. Um, my, for, for me, because I, like, I was like, oh, then I'll just be completely on my own, you know. So you guys have really had me thinking there, actually. Had me thinking. And it's making me think, you know, what can be done but then also I want to celebrate, there's so many things I want to discuss actually, I'm like, oh gosh, I'm running out of time. But also just thinking about being black in education now and just how the children, how have you found it's been in your classrooms? Do you, do you get to talk about your culture at all? I know that, you know, I love talking to the children about my hair. Um, you know, I remember when I came around a headscarf once and one of the kids was like, oh my gosh, miss, you wear a headscarf. I was like, yeah. And she was like, I wear one too. I thought it was just me. I was like, no, 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 it's not just you. Uh, you know, getting to teach my kids the candy. If you don't know about the candy, you need to know. Um, it's, you know, things where I take my name really serious, you know, and I think it's so important to get people's names right. Um, and that's something, you know, from growing up where, my name's not even the hardest, Shaniqua Edwards Hayde, but people would always be like, Shani, can I call you Shani? Can I call you Shani? No, Shaniqua. And uh, Edwards Hayde, I found teachers who have been like, oh, can I just shorten it? Can you just be Edwards? And I'd be like, nope, I'm purposely Shaniqua Edwards Hayde, E-H, Edwards Hayde. And I make sure my kids always tell them, be proud of your name, be proud. I remember one kid said, oh, my name's long though. My surname's long. And I was like, if you want to shorten it, that's up to you, if you want to. Don't do it because other people have made you want to, though. It's it's yours. Be proud of it. So I just, sorry, I've done a lot of talking. <laughs> so feel free to chime in on anything I've discussed. But also just, just want to know what you feel like. What What is it like for you being, you know, a black teacher? And how has it been positively, I guess, in a way? Uh, Albert? Yeah, I think for me, my name thing is important. I've I've had many uh, sort of scenarios with 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 my surname. Um, it's interesting because as as a boy, you know, I watched Mister Mister T and and um, the A Team, and um, and I had a P teacher who who was called Mister Thomas, but everyone everyone called him Mister T. So when I started my teacher journey, you know, the the, the naive 
naive, almost the naivety of me, just before I, I, I really realised what it was like, it, I already wanted to be called Mr. A. Um, and, and that was just not, not out of people not being able to pronounce my name. It was just, I just, yeah, well, Mr. A. Um, but then obviously getting into schools and, and, you know, staff, students pronouncing my name. Sometimes, you know, students were better than staff, you know, sometimes staff were, were, you know, <laughs> were, were really bad. Like they, they would be adding syllables and, and, and it was just yeah. like, no, oh, it's, it's Mr. Adeyemi. And obviously as I've grown through, um, in my career and in myself, I've become better in sort of just addressing that and, and correcting it and, and challenging it and ensuring and trying to ensure that other students' names are correct, uh, pronounced pr- properly as well um, and, and just valuing that. So I, I previously had a student um, who had a certain a Nigerian surname, but it wasn't it wasn't necessarily being pronounced correctly. And I just had a conversation with him about it and... and he was like, yeah, he, he realised, we almost had a little bit of a joke and a laugh and um, just just a little bit of background about the meaning of his name and, and just for him to, even though that's the way he's decided that he wants people to pronounce it, just for him to understand the background and meaning of his name and, and to, to value it within himself. Um, yes. Love that, love that. And it's just, because you've been through it as well, you know, the importance of that as well and just empowering these children and being like, you know, be proud, be proud, say it, tell them, correct them. <laughs> uh, John Oye. Yeah. Um, so just, yeah, names powerful. Um, I, I, I don't, huh. oh. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> no, I'm like, have I done something wrong? I'm like, oh gosh, have I been saying it correctly? <laughs> no, 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 you haven't, you haven't. Um, I think, um, similar to what Albert was saying, uh, in my department, uh, my friends, and we, I would say that we are friends actually because <laughs> we work very hard and we we actually care about each other. Um, they call me JJ, and that's something that's kind of like kind of spread. Now, there's some students who, you know, I only found out last week. They have a secret nickname for me, which is Mr. JJ, and it's like we're not friends, you know. It's, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> it's Mr. Jesus, um, um, but we can have that banter there. And I think what, what they really appreciate of myself and one of the things that I do absolutely love about teaching and even the school that I teach at is that I'm able to bring my whole self um, and my whole self from day one interview day. You know, I came in looking fresh. I had the 360 waves, the shape up. Hey. And, you know, now they've seen that progression from waves to dread, uh, sorry, sorry, to locks. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've just loved that transition. And I've appreciated that transition myself when I come in with different styles and, you know, barrel twists and all of these things. And, you know, I'm going, as a staff governor, I'm also in meetings with talking about my locks and all these different things. And um, I really appreciate that I'm able to do that and be that my authentic self with that aspect. Um, and it's actually allowed me to connect to so many different students and to have those conversations with so many different students about just care, you know, looking after yourself. And um, they know that I love to cook as well. So, you know, you mentioned about the curry goat <laughs> and all of those things like that, like all of these things that I, I, I'm able to do. Um, and that's something that I love. And I, I really encourage every single one of my students to kind of embrace themselves. And the number one thing that you have to kind of go through 
whilst learning in secondary school is actually coming to awareness of who you are um, and you're going to have to go on that journey and um, it's exciting it's so exciting um, when a lot of my close friends are are African and um, when I'm able to you know say a kwaba in tree or you know <laughs> whatever and they see for black history month i wear a uh, traditional nigerian outfits yeah it just sparks conversation that makes them laugh at me but they appreciate the fact that i'm representing um wholeheartedly Love it. Honestly, I'm smiling. I'm smiling, listening. And these are the great things that, you know, we can discuss, like the positives of it all, though, and uh, how it's appreciated. Um, I, I love it. And, you know, I wanted to ask you guys, what can be done? What 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 can we be doing? What can people be doing? What can people listening be doing? And actually, one of the things already I had, <laughs> I started to think about was, I noticed, you know, especially after um the awful murder of George Floyd we had decolonizing the curriculum became quite a thing quite a common thing I think it was in discussion before but I've noticed you know now things are starting to change I don't know in your school but um I feel like as well there's a bit more of a voice you can have where you know even I said to my school you know black history mum <laughs> you know we're going to make sure it's black history. And I feel like a lot of schools are doing it now throughout the year. Um, but then, you know, I remember being on Twitter, it must have been like a few years ago, when the discussion of black history month shouldn't just be confined to a month. We should like, um, you know, do black history in schools throughout the year. I remember someone tweeted me and um, it was, yeah, it's question time. And they tweeted me and they were like, you get a month, so you should be happy that you get a month um and he was like if you don't like it then you should go back to your country and i was you know i speak about this to people because i'm like this is real this is happening and i even spoke about i'm a teacher you know i think it's this is actually what's going on i think it's so important that the children are taught this and the fact that someone responds saying that this is why as well i want to empower all my students um you know and let them know especially my black students you are amazing you are capable um because stuff like that no no so it's about empowering students at the moment i i like to think you know teaching them about black british history as well not just american history which you know so much has happened but a lot has happened with black british history you know i always teach my classes about notting hill carnival uh because Miss Edward Say loves a carnival, but I also love it because there's a big history behind it. Um, and actually, if you don't know the history, if you are listening, don't know the history, I suggest you like read it up because it's actually it's quite interesting. You'll see why it matters a lot to um, black people. So I'm going to go to you guys. You know, what can be done? The curriculum, just anything. Feel free to chime in. <laughs> anything. Yeah, I, th I think for me, like you said, you know, it's about empowering students. And I think when, when we think about empowering students, it becomes more than just um, black history. It's about your students' history and, and where they where they come from as well. So this is, you know, just across the year, not speaking about black history, but so in my school, we've got quite a lot of um, Asian students. That's the 
predominantly eight-wit Asian students. And then we've got quite a lot of Polish students as well. So taking an interest in, in their history as well. And, and mm-hmm. that um, begins conversation about their history, my history, our history, and how it all sort of comes together. So it's, it's um, I know a lot of the time he was, oh, why just black, black, black? Yeah, black is, is important because that's that's our history and, and um, it's not learn about enough in schools you know sometimes the the the, um the narratives are a little bit skewed um but then i i felt when when i was involved in black history um month at my school like you said it's important i i felt the need to bring black british history rather than just focusing on on america because it's it's you know what they can see the people in in the media that they that they're aware of um or the people that they may not be aware of the stories um of people in their local communities that are doing amazing things um and then you mentioned the curriculum curriculum changes it, you know some some it's, people think it's it's a crazy difficult but it's it's not and and we've seen how um how how it can be done through uh, in my school our history curriculum like I, I remember walking down the corridor and there and a year this was your last year and, and um a year eight boy that I, I don't teach he's just a black boy from um nigeria as well um and, and he came up to me and was like sir sir um we're, we're learning about benin in my in, in history and that's where he is from in nigeria and um, i'm not from there i have no idea and i don't know much about the benin culture but yeah. he felt so proud and happy that he was that his country was being taught in within his lesson, and it's it's just moments like that which really that that make me um, realize how crucial it is to have um, a, a representative curriculum. And then the point I want to mention there is that that didn't that didn't come from a, a black teacher that came from a white teacher, you know, seeing what was going on and understanding the, the, her students and, and um, our school community and deciding to develop and change um, uh, change the curriculum, especially in Key Stage 3, where they do have some flexibility um, to, to do that. So, and that's where, in terms of um, making this on, on uh, grow a bit a bit wider scale, it needs to be more than just black educators that are that have a passion or um, are leading the way in, in some of these curriculum changes. It needs to come from us all um, that are involved in education. Love that, love that. Because then it's, like we were saying before, it's not tokenistic, it's actually trying to make a difference. It's actually, yeah, I think that makes so much sense. I think that makes so much sense. And actually, I think whilst you're talking, Kamoi, am I saying that right? I'm sorry, you guys know. <laughs> um, Kimoi, he said, make the curriculum anti-racist. Look up how Oasis Academies did it. So, hey, I'm going to be doing some research later. I will do. Um, Jono? Yeah, um, just not to necessarily echo all that um, Abo is saying, I think it's quite important as well to kind of focus on the culture of the school um, and really do an audit um, in terms of where do students um, a see themselves or where can they see themselves um, not just in the curriculum but also within the school as well and that could be coming down to even like I don't know school dinners um, really just having a variety or diverse um, school menu um, could could really make somebody feel kind of in, in, included um, w- within that school um, in addition you also have 
just opening up the school to um a variety of different not just culture but also religion and all of these different things where students and the community is building together and they're able to kind of see themselves within the culture of the school um fix the culture when it comes to um being anti-racist yeah, one thing I also want to add is that um, this this is important for for all schools, regardless of what your diversity in in sort of student body is. You know, it's important for student schools that are predominantly white to have um, a diverse and rich in curriculum, just so that um, their students are educated on on the wider world, and then they're, they're not um, necessarily ignorant to certain things or have certain biases or. or you know, they they live based on the stereotypes that are portrayed in the media or in um um f- you know from society. So it's it's definitely important for schools um who are not necessarily the most diverse in their their student body as well. I agree, um, because actually, when you spoke about, I think, just even like sports stars i used to always hear black history month or just in anything black and we'd always talk about usain bolt uh martin luther king and actually although they're great people you know hey i love usain bolt but actually tell our students people from their culture we've got a range of people we've got a range look at the scientists look at as i know look at the other teachers look at there's so many other inspirational people that we could be looking at as well where let's not just you know little it down to just sports stars um so yeah i can see kimoy has said a lot of students always mention that their schools don't do anything that prepares them for modern britain and understanding diversity or other cultures um which is really important as well as him mentioning personal development is important too. Black History Month, Culture Day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Guys, I, I, sorry. I mean, I just wanted to say on that, sorry. Um, so the two things that Kimoy mentioned, personal development, I mean, I used to say all the time, you know, we have to do our own learning, even as ourselves, you know, we mentioned in, we had a team meeting um, for, for Black Men Teach uh, this yesterday, actually, and you know, Janoi mentioned it's important for us to actually continue doing our own sort of development and learning just so that we can continue to be experts in, 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 in the field that we're working on so that we can advise and support people appropriately. You see, so even regardless of what stage you are in, in sort of your um, whatever it is, diversity, equity, inclusion sort of development, um, you, you you still continue learning, keep going to events, keep going to CPDs around the topic, just so that you're bettering yourself and, and putting yourself in a better position to advise and support development of the workforce. Um, and and then, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, sorry, that's I'll leave it at that. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's that's fine because actually, I'm looking at the time. I'm like, oh, much time is going by. So. Oh, we're going to have to start to wrap it up. But I'm going to ask you guys, I guess, a final, why does representation matter? And I guess maybe, I I guess if someone who is not black is listening, can they follow you guys, Black Men Teach, and still find out information, you know, all of that. So I'm going to pass it back over to you, Albert, and then Johnny. 
Yes, yes, definitely. Um, you know, follow Black Men Teach on on social media, Twitter and Instagram. It's Black Men T C H. Um, we also have a website, Black Men Teach. So Black Men Teach, spelt correctly. So T E A C H. Um, dot co. dot uk. Uh, where you can check out a little bit of some of the work we do, some of our services, um, and and um, our mission, our, our structure, etc. So check out our website. Um. Also on LinkedIn, Black Men Teach. Yeah, so we're on pretty much all, all social media. Check out our website and um, follow ourselves personally um, and, and definitely connect. If you're a black male, we have a growing community um, specifically for black men to um, so make sure they have support networks and, and people to turn to if uh, to support their coming into the profession or their development as an educator already. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I'll go to Jonoy. I'll come back to Jonoy. Um, but I can I see... I, gonna, I remember what oh. I was going to say earlier. Oh, oh. So yeah. on, on, on Kimoy's point where he says um, a lot of students don't say that uh, school prepares them for the wider world, I was going to flip that around as well. So, you know, research um, shows some of the stats you mentioned earlier. Um, research shows that a lot of teachers, after completing their teacher training and starting school uh, and started working in school, they say that they don't feel prepared to teach students from different backgrounds. All right, so I think that's an area in terms of the teacher training process that needs to be worked on. You know, in most teacher training processes, the diversity um, and and sort of representation unit or, or module or lecture is is normally optional or it's, it's normally something that's um, done on 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 the day that students are most students have sports fixtures and enrichments and things like that. So that's an element that needs to be looked at as well so the teachers being ready and prepared to um, teach students from different backgrounds or with um, English as an additional language and, and things like that um, just linking into what what Kimoy was saying great that's 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 actually a really good point so I really hope and I'll definitely pass this on to um some teacher training um, institutions, because I think that's such a good point. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, is it my turn? Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I agree. I agree with exactly what Albert said. Um, and the reason being is the fact that through our conversations with Black Men Teach and um, a lot of the discussion that we've had, um, we find ourselves communicating the fact that a diverse community or, or a diverse school can benefit so many different people, um, both students and teachers alike, um, especially when it comes to be more inclusive and um, giving a different perspective. And so there needs to be that investment in that um, from the school, um, but also from the individuals themselves. Like, I think if you want to be um, a, a diverse or a more inclusive individual um, or practitioner you're gonna have to kind of step out if your school's not allowing you to do that or they're not catering to that need um step out go to cpds um not to necessarily shamelessly plug black men <laughs> teach but <laughs> follow us um and also other um 
other organizations who are doing amazing things as well. See what's out there and really and truly um, understand that you're improving yourself for the students who are sitting in front of you and are waiting to kind of receive um, the world that you've experienced so they can pass on to them. Well, she said that all beautifully. You said it all so, just... <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I really, I've really enjoyed this discussion and I hope just people have listened to us discuss um, and learn a thing or two from it. But also, like you said, you know, seek CPD, seek things out. There are um, groups out there, um, you know, Kimoi, I should have had you on this show as well because you're, you're coming with some great proofs. For those who can't see, um, he's mentioned representation also matters as we want young people to know they can become teachers too. When asking young people what professions they want to enter, many don't mention teaching. Why? They don't see many teachers like that. Black men teach, we'll address this too, but so much to do. Um, and just thank you so much for all you guys have been doing, honestly. Um, we're gonna start to end the show, but for those of you who do listen regularly, uh, we end our show in a specific way. And I like to know my guests' favorite fictional teachers. Now we've had a range, we have a range. So I'm always interested to see if you go for someone different or you go for someone, you know, that we all love. Um, hopefully there's one person who's banned at the moment. <laughs> uh, I should have told you. Uh, I don't think any of you have chosen her, but you might have. And that's Miss Honey. Miss Honey is banned. She is banned. Uh, <laughs> Was that any of you guys' choices? No, I, I knew I knew that would be it. Oh, come on. <laughs> that one is too common. And my class last year, they used to say, Miss Honey is an awful teacher. They were like, you know, she adopted the kid out of the blue. Well, she just took safe her home. Safeguarding. Safe, major safeguarding was going on in that school out there. Um, but also, Miss Honey, my kids, they're so truthful. They were like, she's too nice. They were like we would have run rings around her because she was too too nice so i was like okay cool 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 um so let's start off with johnny johnny that's this time okay John cool so um, i have been thinking long and hard about this one um and it only makes sense um my favorite fictional teacher um and he was a teacher i would say um is ken carter he's not fictional but yeah you know coach carter ah yes um yeah you know uh he Why? was just he was just amazing he was like we talk about i see so much of myself in him um in the sense that uh he was disciplined um and he ultimately his presence was able to express why he was there and he was there for the kids and he wanted to see them beyond um the current situations and I think a lot of the students who I engage with that's where my conversation stems from with them okay oh I like that that's a great answer there okay that's a great one and I haven't had that answer before just in general so okay thank you thank you and also for those of you who want to watch the film it's a good film to watch so thank you and Albert no I'm, I'm angry because you're not <laughs> <laughs> Why angry? Because yeah. you know the PE teacher in me, you know, has like that was mine. But <laughs> but 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 I, I I came prepared. I came prepared. 
Um, I, I, um, I was thinking as well, the nutty professor, um, I, th- I think, um, I think he, you know, just in terms of, um, his, in, in, it was, it almost made it cool to be intelligent and nerdy and, and sort of the, um, just the, in his character, his warmth, but then aside, I think reflective, um, on, uh, to, to bring it back to reality in a sense was, just the self the self esteem aspect, and I feel like that's probably an aspect that quite a lot of black educators um, have in in one way, shape, or another. Um, there's there's some there, there's always there may be a challenge with self esteem, regardless of how good you, you good you are at, at you know your job. That's a good one. That is a good one, actually. And yeah, you're right. You're right, especially after everything we've been talking about. Just you know, self esteem and everything. That that is a good one. And you guys are making me want to watch some old school movies. So <laughs> thanks, thanks. These are great ones. Uh, and also, you two will be happy to know no one's chosen those two before. So well done, well done. Um, it's all about I, being unique. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't, you guys haven't are so watched unique. the show before. How, so how how who have you had in the past? Okay, so we've had um, Harry Potter gets mentioned a lot. So we get like Dumbledore. Uh, to be fair, I think my first one must, might have been Dumbledore. Um, we've got someone said someone once said Edna Krabobble from um, The Simpsons. I was like, oh, huh? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I have to be like, okay, that's an interesting one. Um, we had uh, someone said, uh, oh, what's the lady from How to Get Away with Murder? Um, it's Keaton. Oh, yes, God. yes. Oh, well, they said, yeah, I know, I know. I'm having, <laughs> I'm shaking my head right now. <laughs> um, so we've had, I'm trying to think of the range. Oh, someone said, Mr. Oh, you, I cannot say the Miyagi, Miyagi, I cannot say it now. Ah, uh, Mr. Miyagi. That's the one, that's the one. Hmm. Quickly, who's yours, by the way? Uh, so I, I, at the moment, I have to change my life every week um, <laughs> because I think I might have to change it to favourite actual I might start changing it to favourite actual teacher that you had growing up because every week mine's mine, mine's just changing. But at the moment, I'm going to say mine's Janine Teeks from Abbott Elementary. I don't know if you guys watch that. Um, if you don't, if you don't, it's it's a great show. Um, and Janine Teeks, firstly, she's black. I see I see myself in her. Um, you know, her mission is to help the lives of her students. She's relentlessly optimistic. That's like me. Um, and she's like really caring and she wants to do everything for her kids. So um, that's that's mine for today. That's mine for today. I feel like you guys haven't watched, so you can't judge me. And that makes me happy. <laughs> or have you guys watched Abbott Elementary? Yeah, I'm on season two. Oh, you have? Oh, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> yay, yay. Okay. I was like, maybe they're judging me. But thank you. Thank you. Appreciate okay guys it's been so lovely to have you on thank you thank you thank you so so much for coming on um i appreciate um and yeah thank you for everyone who's taken the time to listen like i said before feel free to tweet me at seh miss uh feel free to tweet us at tt radio official before we go can i just get your twitter handles again if that's okay yeah so it's um so you can contact both of us um, via Black Men Teach one. So that's at Black Men um, Teach. So that's T-C-H. Um, or you can visit our website, um, 
blackmenteach.co.uk. Um, but my personal Twitter is um, Mr. J. Josephs, M-I-S-T-E-R-J, and then Josephs with an S at the end. Yes, myself is uh, at Active Youth UK um, on, on Twitter. And then, like Janoy said, at Black Men TCH um, on, on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Uh, you can listen to me on the Sunday Late Late Show again next month, the first Sunday of every month. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.